Hey everyone, welcome to Inside Northumbria, a series of podcasts giving you a chance to hear how we do things the Northumbria way. Hello and welcome to Inside the Emergency Department, the Northumbria Emergency Department podcast. I'm James McFetrich, one of the consultants in emergency medicine. And today we're doing something a bit different. We've got a guest uh, talking to us from outside the department, but talking to us about something that's dear to our hearts, which is sleep and specifically about sleep and shift work. So I'd like to introduce uh, Professor Jason Ellis, who is a Professor of Sleep Science. Is that the correct title? That's the one I chose, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, welcome and thank you for your time today. Thanks, James. So uh, I know this is relevant to lots of people throughout the Trust, but uh, we seem to feel it more in the emergency department. Um, we do shifts that are certainly for the nursing staff are 12 hour days, 12 hour nights. Mm. Medical staff, we tend to do slightly shorter shifts that are day, evening or night. Um, but either way around, it's clearly a disruption to our sleep patterns yeah. and is something that it's uh, certainly quite worrisome for some people. Some people just seem to adapt. Mm. So just in general, it's obvious why it's an issue, but what, uh, what, what's going on what, uh, to cause a problem with us with our sleep when we're moving shifts? Mm. So what we're talking about here is when we generally define shift work, we're talking outside the hours of 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Okay. And that can either mean that it goes longer than that period, so over 12 hours, or that it's outside of that particular timing. Okay. The reason that we've got this 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. is generally it fits with our physiology right. of being up and alert and getting ready for bed. Believe it or not, we actually start getting ready for bed around four o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. So uh, we start putting our gym jams on and all of our hormones will start changing. We start producing melatonin, which is signaling us to go to bed. So it can rise um, and reach peaks really in the early hours of the evening okay. before then resetting out. So that really does tell us the first part of why shift work is a problem. And that's on a biological level. Okay. We're designed to be asleep when it's dark. Yeah. And because of that, we have to really talk about what the purpose of sleep actually is. Yeah. And one of its main focuses really is to fix the immune system, regulate the endocrine system, so keep the body working. Okay. So all of the stresses and strains that we've had throughout the day, we need to correct those, fix those, fight any allergens. And we use the nighttime to do this. Okay. And the reason we do that is because in the daytime we're walking, we're talking, we're using up energy. Yeah. And so we use up actually around the same amount of energy at night, but we use it in terms of fixing our systems. Okay, just using it in a different way. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, the challenge is, of course, if you are awake during that time and walking and talking, then you're not using all of that energy to fix and regulate those systems. Yep. And so it's going to be not as effective. And so it will disrupt hormones. And we see lots of different hormones are associated with sleep. Okay. And they're related to fertility. They're related to eating behavior. They're related to cardiovascular health. And so they're not being as well taken care of because we're awake during the night. Okay, so can I just a slight tangent to that? Mm. <clears throat> We've all been teenagers. We've all been young adults. 
Um, I'm not known for being a night owl, but I did have a few evenings where I'd stay up into night and it seemed to have no effects at all. But from what you're saying, mm. anything past 7 p.m. would clearly have some kind of effect on my sleeping. Is, I don't want to turn this into an age thing, but is there an age-related issue or do we just sort of brush over it when we're younger? No, nah, actually we're much more placid with our sleep when we're younger. Okay. Uh, we've got the capacity to rebound, rebuild. What's interesting is there is research suggesting that as we get older, our tolerance of sleep deprivation increases, so we are actually okay. more tolerant of it. But when we're younger, we're much more plastic in our sleep system okay. and we're much more efficient at getting what we need. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when I look at the younger members of the staff in the department and they're managing nights better than I am, <laughs> there is good reason behind it. <laughs> there is good reason behind it. There, there's actually, um, you know, there's one study which actually suggests it's around 3940 that we start to see this transition where any deviations from the normal or typical sleep period do then start to cause us a bit of grief. Right, okay, well that's nice to know. Um, so how can we help ourselves? If there's mm. good sort of biology underneath that, what can we do to modify that? I guess we can't change it completely, but how can we help things? Well, the first thing we should really talk about is the frequency of shift work. Okay. So what we do know is that short periods of shift work, so one, two, three days, the body doesn't adapt. Mm. And so actually going back into a typical day working sphere isn't too much of a problem. You'll just slot back in. Mm. There'll be a bit of sleep deprivation naturally. If you go and do shifts over a period of about a month or longer, then you, your body does actually adapt. Okay. And because it adapts, then that actually then starts to restabilize itself. Right. The problem always comes when you have these sort of two to three week of rotation yeah and that that's not really the best one for you and so that's the first thing we would generally talk about is how frequently and, and the rotation shifts okay. that you're doing but how can you manage it yeah and there's lots of things we can actually do good um, and they mainly come down to things that you can do before you have a night shift let's say things that you can do during the night shift and things that you can do to compensate afterwards okay exercise is your friend Exercise is absolutely brilliant in terms of creating alertness. Okay. So if you're going to go on to a night shift, exercise actually would be very beneficial in keeping you awake for longer during the night and much more alert. Okay, so exercise clearly before starting mm -hmm. work. Right. Yep. Okay. And even when you're actually on shift, you know, and, and we should have breaks really one to two hours where you get yeah. away from what you're doing, it's really important to leave your desk or wherever you are, um, 15, 20 minutes of stretching. Right. Again, reinvigorates the system and will add a little bit more alertness onto managing the next couple of hours. Okay, so in the emergency department on the whole, we're on our feet the whole time. Mm. So it's probably a, a good level of exercise, but it's constant. Yeah, it's constant. <laughs> and therein lies the challenge. Yeah. And, you know, and it's again, in the emergency department, you're not going to deal with the issue around monotony, I would imagine. No, definitely not. Um, because what we would generally say in terms of general shift work is if you've got monotonous tasks, do them first. Yeah. As yeah. soon as you start the shift um, and then try to create more complex tasks in interdispersed amongst yeah. that. But of course, I don't think that's really going to be viable because you guys are on your feet reacting all the time 
which in some ways is going to be beneficial okay. in terms of it's going to constantly keep you that alert but that exhaustion is going to build up yeah and that's definitely something that we feel if you get someone who comes in who's very unwell say at four or five in the morning mm. just at that time where you're feeling that lethargy yeah it's actually it is a great wake up because you have to be mentally alert to be able to treat them but mm. it also means the shift seems to go that bit quicker it does yes <laughs> and it's a good time actually to talk about um temperature okay and this is something that we can do in the emergency department having using layers of clothing is actually very beneficial because your body temperature changes right. throughout the night and you remember you talked about this four or five in the morning yeah. period and our body is at its coldest and it's starting to heat up okay so prior to that you might need to be a bit warmer and then subsequent to that you want to be a bit cooler now you can't go around changing the thermostats everywhere sure. so using layers to actually re-regulate your temperature is also going to help ease that transition through that quite trough period yeah. where you're going to be quite tired. Okay. Anything else we can do throughout the shift to, to help us? Yeah. One of the things to avoid really is is eating a big meal. Right. Uh, it's best to eat snacks. Uh, frequent snacks, and I don't mean go straight for the potato chips, um, <laughs> but things like rice, pasta, milk, fruit, vegetables. Okay. They're great because they're easily digestible. What you don't want is something fatty or spicy because what that's going to do is it, it takes a while to digest. Right. Again, diverting more of that energy away from you in terms of fixing the systems as well as reacting to everything else that's going on. And so I tend to talk about having frequent light meals rather than something quite heavy. Yeah, okay. We can also talk about light towards the end of the shift. If you're going home after a night shift and you want to get some sleep, best thing to do is try to minimize some light in the last couple of hours mm. before you're actually coming off and going to bed and you can do that using sunglasses okay. you don't have to have a very fancy piece of equipment don't worry light before a shift right. yeah it's a, a nice blast of light before a shift is going to add on some alertness for a few hours as well yeah that's really interesting because certainly well six months of the year i guess we're going to be starting those shifts in darkness yep and from what you're saying the body is I mean, for the first shift your body's going to be going well this mm. is fine this is getting ready for bed and we're yep. going come on son, we <laughs> we've got we got <laughs> things to do and and you do see seasonal seasonal differences in how people respond and react yeah. in terms of shift work it's not just an age thing it's not just a genetically inherited thing mm. there's also elements around environments okay. so yeah we talked about the monotonous environment but also you've got uh, how much ambient light you've got. Mm. Okay. And is there anything else coming towards the end of the shift or going home that we can do to help prepare our body to get back into sleep? Because again, I assume with those hormones and everything, mm. even though we could be absolutely exhausted, there's part of our body going, well, it's morning. It's, it's morning time. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's a, it's a tough one. Again, one of the things that I, I talk to people about is napping behavior. Okay. And I try to discourage naps too close to finishing a shift. Right. And that's because of something called sleep inertia. Uh, I think we've already, most of us had an experience where we've had a nap, woken up and feel worse than we actually started out. Yes, absolutely. And the reason being is that we haven't finished a full sleep cycle. Okay. Brain's trying to finish the sleep cycle, but you're meant to be doing something else. Okay. And so that's that sort of gritty feeling that you have. So if you are to nap whilst on shift, do it early and do it short. Okay. Um, when you get home from a shift, 
it's really good idea if you if it's your last shift before you know going back into the normal typical have a short nap when you get home and then try to go back to the routine of bedtime as okay. it would normally be short nap as in what are we 20 to 30 about? minutes oh wow okay what you don't want is to go too far into the nap yeah because that's where the inertia comes if you go into the deeper stages of sleep that's when if you awaken from those that's when you feel that disorientation and that that sort of grim feeling yes yeah well i liken it to being hungover yeah my natural uh tendency after a night shift after a set of night shift when i'm clearly very happy <laughs> try to get back life back to normal yeah and i know i need some form of sleep yes but in inverted commas my natural tendency is to sleep for two hours but i always feel absolutely dreadful mm. after that time you know, I don't know whether I'd struggle if I sort of, you know, should I be setting an alarm after half an hour or should I try and keep it to what my body feels it needs? Now, now it's an interesting thing that you chose two hours because there is the, the default other option of go for 90 minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <So> <laughs> you, were, <laughs> you were just half an hour out either. Um, because that way you'd actually complete a full sleep cycle. Okay. And therefore you're more likely to wake up without that feeling. Oh, okay. Um, Always remember how much sleep that you take out of the daytime, it costs from the night. Yes. And so that's why we don't tend to encourage people to sleep for 90 minutes yeah. uh, when they've just got back off a shift. But if it's absolutely necessary, go for it. Okay. Keep it short or do it to around 90 to 100 minutes. Okay, excellent. Well, some really interesting tips in there. I'm sure the managers will be interested here about how to <laughs> change the lighting and not <laughs> <laughs> shall use this as evidence um, but thank you that's a really nice uh, walk through uh, how to cope with the night shift and I hope that's uh, useful for everyone listening uh, so thank you very much for uh, coming to talk to us today you're welcome uh, one question I'm asking everyone that's uh -huh. a, a bit of a curveball uh, and I've not prepared you for this <laughs> um, if you could change anything in the NHS experience the NHS is but if you could change anything click of your fingers yep um, Cost, no problem, mm -hmm. practicalities, no problem. Mm -hmm. uh, in a nutshell, what would that be? Getting rid of on-call. Excellent, yes. There's a very strong reason for that um, because on-call is a real awkward beast. Mm. What we know is that when people are sleeping or trying to sleep once whilst they're on call, the sleep they get isn't actually of the best quality because mm. they're constantly vigilant. So parts of the brain are still active. Yeah. But everyone perceives that they've had that sleep. Oh, okay. Yes. So they're yes. perceived to be, yes, they're ready for action, but actually they're going to be a little bit sleep deprived. Yeah. Excellent. I have to say, I do not like working night shifts. Everyone who works with me knows that, but I'd far rather do that than mm. the old on-call system that we used to have. Yep. <laughs> Lovely. Well, thank you once again. Uh, thank you everyone for listening to the podcast. Uh, remember to subscribe so you don't miss any further episodes. And there'll be further episodes all uh, about sleep on the Inside Northumbria channel.